you're not going to out John Lee Dumas <laughs> at being John Lee Dumas. DigitalMarketingRadio.com. The big interview with David Bay. How did podcasting start? And what's the technology behind podcasting? How does podcasting fit into your content marketing mix? And what gear do you need to record a great podcast in 2014? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's guest, Dave Jackson. Dave, welcome to DMR. Oh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Oh, welcome. Well, Dave's one of podcasting's originals. He's been podcasting since April 2005. He has a degree in education and is one of the world's top podcasting consultants. He's spoken at events such as New Media Expo and he runs schoolofpodcasting.com. So Dave, I'm so impressed with your consistency at recording and publishing. So what's your secret for staying focused? Um, number one, I use a, uh, there's a great program called Feedly. It's a, an RSS reader. And so along the, the ways of, of going through everything podcasting, when I find a really good website with great content, I throw it into that website. And so every morning when I uh, fire that up, I'm checking probably about 80 different websites for any kind of information on podcasting. And when a headline catches my eye, I'll go over and check it out. So I'm always, my, my, it drives my wife crazy. I'm always, uh, you know, in pursuit of more knowledge. She's always like, don't you ever just like turn it off? And I'm like, well, no. Cause she's like, well, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm reading an article. And she's like, really on what? And I'm like, well, what do you think? Podcasting. So it's just something I live and breathe. And, uh, it's, it's not something that I really have to work on staying focused. And it, to, to the point of nauseam in the case of my wife, <laughs> I'm always thinking about podcasting and always looking for new technology, new techniques, new success stories. And so that's pretty much what I live and breathe. Right. Okay. I mean, I think um, I recall from listening to a few of your own podcasts in the past, um, you've you've been a bit of a musician in the past. And, and, and that's possibly how you were a little bit more comfortable with the technology than most. Um, how did you actually discover podcasting? And um, what made you decide that it was the medium for you? Well, before podcasting, I had a, uh, a newsletter for musicians because I had always kind of been involved with uh, marketing to a certain extent, and I'm a bit of a geek. I've been teaching people technology for, for years. So I'd learned front page back in the day, and I had built a website, and uh, it was a website for musicians to help musicians kind of get more gigs and more fans and things like that. And so I'd met this guy who had a, a very similar website, and he went to this big Internet convention and said, hey, I just came back, and uh, the word of the day is is podcasting. And I'm like, what's a podcast? And I remember I Googled it and there just, there just wasn't anything. There was like a page, maybe a page and a half of stuff on the word podcast. And so it took me a while to figure out what it is. And when I finally kind of pieces parted one together and actually threw a, a file up and then subscribed to my own at that point feed and had it come down, that's when the light bulb went off and I went, Oh, this is going to be really, really cool. And, uh, so at that point I took what was my newsletter and just turn it into a, a podcast. It was the same exact content. It just now it was more or less reading or telling the audience as opposed to typing it up in a newsletter. And instantly 
started to get more feedback just because it makes you more human. You can do things like tone of voice, which is hard to do in print. Uh, you know that. And uh, so that's as soon as I started it and I saw that it uh, just the power of it, I went, oh, this is going to be really, really cool. And in the past, I had had missed other opportunities. At the time, uh, the guy that told me was kind of laughing because I had completely missed the whole MySpace craze, which tells you how long ago it was. Mm. And uh, I just thought, okay, if this is going to be big uh, and I see the power of it, I'm going to jump on this right now. And within a couple months, I'd launched the School of Podcasting. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so um, what did you do to actually promote the podcast to begin with? At the time, it was so hard because you would say, I have a podcast, and everybody you met said, what's a podcast? So a lot of it for me helped because I already had the, – the newsletter had uh, somewhere around 1,500 people subscribed to it. So I would just say, hey, here's – you know, click here to listen to this on the website is how I would say it right. a lot of times. And uh, that was before iTunes, so it wasn't even subscribing iTunes. It was just a matter of, you know, here's this and that. And then I uh, – I had a website, learntosubscribe.com, that would explain to people, you know, how do you subscribe to a podcast. So there was a lot of education at the beginning was just to get people to understand that, hey, you don't need an iPod. You can, you can listen to this on the website. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a little difficult at first. But uh, in terms of promoting it, um, you know, just through the newsletter and just kind of getting everywhere I went, I was just telling people about it and uh, – kind of still do to this day. It's always, uh, I always tell people it's relentless marketing. It's, it's not a case of if I put it on the website, it'll, they'll come. Uh, they will kind of, but if you really want to, you know, get your show growing, you've got to go out and, and tell people about it. So that was the best part of 10 years ago. Um, and obviously back then, hardly anyone had heard of podcasting. And, um, the name podcasting has always threatened uh, to break through into the mainstream. I, I think probably the concept of podcasting, uh, that is the amount of people subscri subscri subscribing to podcasts, um, are probably more than the number of people that actually really understand what a podcast is. Do you think that... Um, the majority of people um, will ever actually really understand technically what a podcast is. I, I doubt it. I mean, I don't know technically what's going on with a radio signal. I know there's a frequency. Mm. I know there's a thing in my car that tunes into that frequency, and I turn up the volume, and there it is. So, and I don't know how my car runs. I know there's some gas and oil and some oxygen and spark plugs, but I don't know how my car actually works. I just know I turn the key and it starts, and as long as I put oil and gas in it, it's fine. So, yeah, I don't think everybody's going to really get into the the nitty-gritty. It's the people that want to start a podcast, and, and even with that, I mean, I don't know what goes on with my car, so if I don't know what's going on and something's not working, I, I hire a mechanic and they fix it for me, and so that's where... You know, you can start a podcast and it'll go great. And if something goes wrong, maybe you put a bit of code on your website that that doesn't uh, work very well on your website. You just hire a mechanic, or in this case, a podcast mechanic, to come fix it. So, uh, luckily, you don't have to understand the the technical stuff to consume it. Consuming a podcast is actually really easy, and it's getting easier and easier to create a podcast. But I don't think you're going to really need to understand the absolute uh, nuts and bolts to uh, to consume them. And of course, a podcast doesn't have to be just audio. You could do a video podcast as well, and, and, and many people have done in the past. I mean, I remember back in 2005 or so, I was watching Wine Library TV by Gary Vernchuk. Um, mm -hmm. And um, 
But video, um, the challenge with video, I find, is that the files are obviously so big. Um, so um, I think people are a little bit reticent with um, filling up their smartphone with so many big files so quickly and easily. And also audio, of course, is, is a lot easier to consume when you're on the move. Um, do you reckon video podcasting will get much more popular? Or do you think audio will always be the lead in terms of podcasting? Yeah, I keep hearing how video is where it's at. And for me, I just think it's it's audio. I like video podcasts, but I personally don't – I don't think I actually subscribe to any video podcast because, like you said, I listen to my podcast in the car, on a treadmill, walking the dog. I'm always on the go uh, when I'm listening or if I'm at my desk. Uh, so I don't – there's nothing against video podcasts. And what people are doing now is they'll create kind of a smaller – they'll create a video for basically – either an iPad or an iPhone or, you know, a smaller device. And that might be kind of a lower, um, you know, not quite as HD. And then they'll have the big 720 by 1280, you know, HD, and they'll put that on YouTube. And so what they'll do is they'll have the the YouTube video on their website, but the actual kind of lower uh, quality file, or not so much lower quality, but smaller size file, mm. they'll they'll send down their feed to uh, to iTunes. And... I've talked to different people. A lot of it depends on who the guest is and what the topic is in terms of uh, which gets downloaded more. In some cases, it's the video because maybe they're talking something that's very visual. And then in some cases, it's it's more the audio. But uh, I definitely think there's a place for both because there are times when I've tried to do a podcast on something that's very visual. If I'm talking about software, it's hard to say. It's in the file menu, and if you come down to this, well, the, the person that's listening to that is lost, and it's really boring. So there are times when you need a visual aspect. So, uh, But for most of my stuff, I do audio. And um, do you think that um, there's a different type of person getting into podcasting now compared with a few years ago? Because, um, you know, back in, you know, I actually started my first podcast back in 2006, um, mm-hmm. but, I, but I was nowhere near like you in terms of consistency. So, um, you know, I maybe did 50 episodes of one show, got a little bit you know, bored with doing it and um, gave it up for a while. Uh, but back then, obviously, I was doing it on just a little, I think, with Logitech headsets. And obviously, mm-hmm. the sound quality was pretty poor. Um, now I've got a an RE20 microphone. So it's, it's, it's um, and, and I think that the majority of people getting into podcasting now are doing it by intention and, and, and buying decent equipment. Does that mean that um, there's a real opportunity for businesses to incorporate podcasting as part of their overall content marketing strategy? Or do you think the majority of podcasters will still be just independent producers? I think it's a little bit of both. You actually have kind of two schools of thought. You have the the person that does a podcast because they love the subject and they just want to uh, get the word out. I, I A lot of my clients in some cases are, people think it's a younger person's, you know, 18, 20, maybe 30. I have a lot of people that are 50 mm. and the, the kids are moving on, they're out of college, they're thinking of retiring soon and for lack of a better phrase they're bored and they have a lot of experience and they want to share that so there's that kind of person that's really into it and then you do have the the businesses now that are using it as part of their their marketing strategy and the great thing about podcasting is it's hard not to make a connection with the person that's listening to your show because number one they have to choose to listen. There is no spam in podcasting. You either listen to it or you say unsubscribe. It's that easy. And so because you're making that connection and if you can deliver on whatever schedule you choose but on a regular schedule, you're then seen as reliable 
And if you provide valuable content, whatever that is, making people laugh, cry, think, groan, insights, education, whatever it is, if you're providing value, you now have earned my trust. And so that is what really, when it comes to monetizing a podcast, and you don't have to monetize your podcast, but if you're trying to make money, that's what you've just done is you've earned your listeners' trust, and that's what you monetize because now you can say, oh, by the way, we have a new product coming out, or I'm, you know, I'm going to be speaking here, and you can draw an audience so people will hire you. Or if it's affiliate marketing and you're like, hey, I found this new product. If you go through my Amazon link, you know, that would be great. So that's really the core of it is you're, you're developing a relationship with your audience. And if you're a business um, that's getting to know podcasts and thinking about possibly starting a podcast, what's the best way to dip your toe into the water? I mean, do you um, commit to doing a podcast once a week? Um, can you get away with just doing it infrequently to begin with, with, um, with fairly, um, fairly cheap technology, not, not in investing a lot of money? And um, can you do it without a consistency in topic as well? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can definitely do not need to spend you know two thousand dollars on equipment. I always tell people you know somewhere around the three hundred dollar range, you can pretty much get up and going with uh, decent equipment, and you're going to sound great. Really, it all boils down to your audience. So we start there and find out if it's a business. You know what are their needs? Uh, what are their questions? What do they think? What do they feel? Because your content is going to have to you know tie into that person, and so figure out what that is. And then in terms of how often do you do it, I always tell people record a couple of episodes first because it's going to probably take more time and effort than you think. Now, like anything else, it's going to get easier the time you go on. But I've had so many people that want to start a daily show and I'm like, okay, record, you know, three of those and let me know how that goes. And, uh, they come back and like, oh my gosh, it took me, you know, a couple of days to create a 15 minute show. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not normal. That's a little too long. Mm. But they are discovering that it takes more time than they think. And it's like you said, uh, you know, can I go inconsistent? There are some podcasts that are very inconsistent, but when they show up, what they're consistent with is value. So I know uh, I don't listen to the Joe Rogan experience, but I understand that he's rather kind of spotty with his schedule. And um, Dan Carlin does a show on history that's very spotty. But when those guys come out with podcasts, their downloads go crazy because when they do come out, it's really high value. So you can do it that way. If you can come up with a schedule, whatever it is, when you do meet that schedule, you are seen then as reliable. So you're kind of missing that aspect if you're not going to be super consistent. But I always say record a couple of shows, see what's in it, and then determine uh, you know, how often and how long your target is for podcasting. And you mentioned that you can get started for about $300 or so. Uh, and I know you've got an equipment section on your website. So can you perhaps um, give an overview of the top um, couple of uh, two or three pieces of equipment that you'd definitely recommend to, to get um, before you start? Yeah, the, the two biggies, if you just want to start out, I'm talking into one right now. It's an Audio-Technica ATR2100 microphone. And it varies in price. It's gone down as low as 40 and up as high as 80 uh, in U.S. dollars. And uh, so it's kind of almost, we always kind of joke, it's like a, a podcasting stock. You have to see what the price is at the time. <laughs> and it's sitting right next. I have a, an Electrovoice RE320. It's not the RE20 mm -hmm. like yours. It's a little different one sitting right next to it. 
Uh, I love this microphone because it plugs in via USB. It's super easy. And now, does it sound as good as the $300 microphone that I normally do? No. But does it sound $250 less? No. Actually, it sounds pretty close to it. That sounds wonderful, yeah. Yeah. So I always say if you're just starting out, uh, don't go with the headset mic. Don't go with a blue snowball or a condenser microphone. Uh, This is a great one because especially... Uh, one of the characteristics of it is it only picks up things that are right in front of it. So if you have your neighbor mowing the lawn or something like that, it's going to be much less likely to pick that up. And then the other one is you need a pop filter. And what that does is it's uh, a piece of fabric or in some cases metal that goes between you and your microphone. So when you say things like peanut butter and everything else, uh, you could have you know a, a $600 microphone but without a pop filter, which usually runs somewhere between – you know, ten and thirty dollars. Uh, you can make that six hundred dollar microphone sound absolutely horrible if you don't have a pop filter because it just creates this really nasty kind of spike in your audio, mm. and it'll make people tune out really, really quick. So if you're just starting off and you're just doing a solo podcast and you just want to talk, right there, there's you know a hundred dollars and you're you're good to go. You can use. Uh, Audacity is a uh, software that's free that a lot of people start off with, and it's available both on a, a Mac and PC. You can get your own website going for about $10. You can use a free software program called WordPress, and uh, your web hosting is about uh, yeah somewhere between you know anywhere from five to ten dollars depending on how much hosting you you spend. And then uh, I use a company called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, for my media host, and that's uh, about twenty dollars a month for that. So it's really not that much to uh, keep it going, and the startup fee isn't that much. And uh, I have more. If you go to uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash equipment, I go into much other things, mixers and, and ways to record phone calls and things like that. But just to get started in terms of a microphone, that's an easy way to, uh, to go. Wonderful. Okay, I'm sure that'll give people um, a, a good list of things to put onto the shopping list for Christmas, maybe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on to the second um, segment of the uh, discussion, and that looks at your opinion on what's happening in digital marketing today. So um, starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. Now, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? I would say WordPress. Uh, Back in the day, if I go back to when I originally started the podcast, I was using, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, Um, Dreamweaver Uh, is what I I used to make my website. And I used a program called Feed for All to make the feed. And so every time I did an episode, it was double the the work. I would put all the information on the website and then it would put all the information in the feed and then I'd have to upload it. And uh, a friend of mine said, have you ever heard of WordPress? And I'm like, no. And when I saw it, I'm like, well, this looks like Microsoft Word on the web. And he's like, yeah, it's really, really cool. And and I'm like, okay. And he goes, and it makes an RSS feed. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and so I haven't used Dreamweaver in a long time. I, every now and then I will bust it out if I really need to dig deep into some sort of HTML. But it's been a long time. So that's the one that uh, I just love in terms of uh, my website. And it's so so versatile. And there's such a huge community. Boy, if you ever have a question... You just ask Uncle Google and there's your answer. So uh, that would be the one that if somebody took away WordPress and I had to go back to Dreamweaver or whatever, I'd be like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used Dreamweaver myself, you know, back um, you know, 10 plus years ago. And um, it was it was great back then, but um, mm-hmm. it's um, moved on so much since then. Yeah, and, and back 
when I was doing that, if I had a, uh, I used to design websites. I still do on occasion for people. And a client would be like, I need you to update my website. I'd have to go home mm. to get in front of my computer. And with WordPress, I just log into their website and, and take care of it. So it's, it makes it much easier to support people as well. So another related question, what software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've intended to actually try at some point in the near future? Boy, that's a, that's a hard one because I put my fingers into everything. <laughs> um, on the Mac, Audio Hijack Pro. Okay. I hear a lot about that. It sounds like a great tool to route your audio to pretty much whatever you want. And uh, that is not one I've played with yet. I've played with just about everything else. Okay, that could be an interesting one. I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? I didn't research to see if anybody else was doing what I was doing. Mm. I uh, had made a uh, a DVD. Actually, it was a CD. Uh, I was in the middle of, of uh, a job search. So I, I made this self-starting CD that basically when you put it in, it ran a tutorial and it showed my background and all my, you know, all the things that, that why you should hire me. And uh, it was really, really cool. And I showed it to a bunch of people. And this was, you know, years ago. And uh, everybody's like, you should sell this. This is awesome. And I was like, you know what it is. And I, I bought the domain. Uh, I called it a digital resume and bought it and put up a website and was ready to go. And then the one day I'm like, I wonder if anybody else is doing this. And uh, not only were they doing it, they were doing it better and cheaper. Uh. And and I went, oh, yeah, well, there you go. Lesson learned. <laughs> but next time before I go buying domains and spending hours putting together a website and all this other stuff, you might want to see if anybody else has had the same idea. So are those the kind of mistakes that you see people starting out today making as well? Or do you think people starting out today are just making completely different mistakes? I think what people are doing, at least with podcasting right now, is there's a big surge. Uh, We've had, first the geeks got in, there was a little spike when uh, people were learning languages with with podcasting. Mm. And then we had a surge of comedians thanks to the people like Mark Marin and Adam Carolla. And right now we're kind of in the boom of a bunch of entrepreneurs, uh, which are great. The more the merrier. Come on in. But people have heard of uh, John Lee Dumas is a, a rather famous podcaster, and they hear about his phenomenal success. Yeah. And what they overlook is the amount of hustle that guy does. He's a phenomenal guy, and uh, they just want to make his money. And so they get in it strictly for the money, and they are often then coming in with the wrong – expectations, especially in terms of time, because again, what you end up monetizing is that relationship you build. And it's going to take time. I've had people are like, I just lost my job. I want to start a podcast and create a living in a month. And I'm like, that's just not going to happen. And uh, so that's some of the things I see in terms of making mistakes. Or in some cases, if we go back to John, I've had people that have just blatantly stolen. And, and when I say stolen, I don't mean they've influenced. I mean, they they do his exact show. Mm. They just change the name. And I'm like, now you gotta, you, you're not going to out John Lee Dumas <laughs> at being John Lee Dumas. He, he does it very naturally. And when you try, it just comes across as, uh, you know, I always tell people, let's look at the Beatles. We can all put on some suits and guitars, but that's not going to make us the Beatles. You know, you've got to have your own originality and your own passions. And, and that's really what uh, I've seen some people come through and I'm like, ah, that's, and, and sure enough, after I expect in about probably three to six months, we're going to have a surge. And this happens every now and then, every year or so. We're going to have a lot of people saying podcasting is dead and it doesn't work. 
because they've all got in for the, I feel, the wrong expectations mm-hmm. and maybe the wrong reasons. And so they're going to get tired and because it, it is work. And yeah. that's why you need that passion. And so I expect soon we'll have a, a surge of that. Yeah, th- those are the two words, passion and work. You have to be really passionate about the medium and love doing it and be prepared to work hard. And, and yeah. John John Lee Dumas is, is certainly that. He was actually the first guest on this podcast. Ah. Um, so um, he, uh, you know, obviously I'm aware that he interviews eight people every Monday, but he also gives back and he goes on lots of people's shows as well. Um, mm-hmm. Every Saturday, you know, he's off uh, being interviewed by different people and he's got just such a busy schedule. And yeah. um, if, if if you want to do work as hard as him, then, you know, you can expect um, to get a lot out of it, I suppose. Yeah. And, and what happens is people try to do the daily thing. And what you end up doing is, because there's still only 24 hours in a day, is you put out five shows that are okay. They're not horrible, but they're okay. Whereas if you took and did a weekly show in some cases, you could create content that's like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to tell my friends about this. Mm. And so that's where you kind of – that's why I say record a couple test shows and, and see how much time it's going to take and, and – Maybe rethink uh, how how long and how often you're going to publish. Well, I'm going for a fairly full-on schedule. I've got the five-day-a-week one here. But, um... oh, there you go. Well, good for you, man. <laughs> this is about um, interview number 30 or so. So um, um, that's about what, a month and a half into it or something like that, nearly two months into it. So, um, But I, I, I really like doing it, and I hope to be able to say that in a year's time. There you go. Well, that's – I mean, I can hear the passion in your voice, and you've been doing – you've been talking digital marketing for a long time, so it's kind of in your blood. So Exactly. Uh, Exactly. So I don't think you're going to have a problem. Best advice I've ever received. What is the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? Digital marketing advice. Well, that's. I was thinking about that today because really, I, I guess in a way, it, it would be use WordPress in a way. Because, mm. uh, I mean, I've had people tell me things like basically fake it till you make it is, is kind of how I've got involved in a lot of things. I had a teacher when I was in high school that uh, I had actually been fired from uh, I, I was a grocery bagger when I was a teenager, and I had been fired because and it's hard to believe right now. Uh, I was too shy. I was just ridiculously <laughs> inverted. And they said, "Look, you got to be able to talk to customers." And uh, so my teacher, who had gotten me the job, said, "Look, you, you've just got to act like you're outgoing, and eventually you will be." And uh, I was like, "Oh, there's no way." So he just said, "Just just act the way you want to be, and someday you'll be the way you act." So that boils down to fake it till you make it. And in some ways, that's what I did when I started my podcast. I had uh, a lot of people now are talking about imposter syndrome because there are times when you're like, well, why would anybody listen to me? And mm. the, be, because you're you is, is my answer to that. And you have your experience and your history and your knowledge. And we kind of undersell our own experience sometimes. Uh, I, again, because I have a musical background, I was talking to my wife once and I, I threw out the name Pete Best. Who was hmm. the ori- who was the original pre Ringo drummer of the Beatles, and she had no idea. She'd never heard of Pete Best, and I was like, "What?" And so to me, that was unheard of. And she goes, "Man, you just know so much insane trivia about music." And I'm like, "Huh? Oh, everybody's like this." And she's like, "No, you're <laughs> you, you have no idea. You're an incredibly musical geek, you know." <laughs> so I think everybody has that bit of knowledge that they probably think everybody knows, but in the end, you actually are, uh, you know, an expert in your field. I think my wife would certainly say I'm random fact man as well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And um, yeah, in relation to what you're saying, I really like the saying, do something every day that scares you. 
because mm-hmm. um, if you just push yourself, you know, when you're thinking, oh, you know, shall I do that or not? You know, what if everyone thinks I'm stupid or something? That's when you should be doing it. Absolutely. That's where true growth happens. So let's move on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking okay. for your gut reaction. <laughs> All right. Okay. Email or Twitter? Uh, email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? Uh, one-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Uh, SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Ooh, telephone number. Website or app? Uh, ooh, website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Uh, email. And local marketing or global marketing? Uh, global. Yay! Taking us straight on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would hire a an assistant, uh, some sort of digital assistant. Most of the things I have, it's not that I don't know what to do, it's I don't have enough time to do it. And so I would uh, look up Chris Ducker, find his, uh, you know, he has that company. I forget the name of it right now. Virtual Staff the, Finder, yeah. Yeah, Virtual Staff Finder. Go through their thing and uh, start getting some people to take some of the stuff off my plate. And how would I measure that uh, would be through sales. I mean, in the end, everything, uh, for me at least, at the School of Podcasting, well, I shouldn't say just all sales, but in terms of, uh, you know, members signing up, but also feedback, uh, that's always great, and because what that would allow me to do is, again, instead of you know working on the technical aspect, so much for a short answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, instead of working on the technical aspect, I could start working on the content because that, in the end, is my marketing, is my content, which gets people going, wow, I want to start one of those podcast things. So uh, instead of doing the technical stuff, which enhances the members and it, it gets traffic and things like that, but it might let me focus more on the content. Excellent. Well, yeah, I hope to be um, interviewing Chris Tucker at some point over the next couple of months, actually, because um, I did interview him a couple of uh, years ago, um, and he's 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 very much evolved his brand um, from Virtual Staff Finder to ChrisDucker.com, you know, so it's uh, that personal brand. So that'll be interesting, that story moving from creating a brand or a company brand and, and running with that and, and running with your own name instead. So taking us right up to... My number one takeaway. So, Dave, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? I would say, I just heard this quote. It's from a guy named Les Brown, and it really hit me square in the in the eye. And that is, you don't have to be great to start, but to be great, you do have to start. And so many people are worried about, like you said earlier, If what if I look stupid or what if this doesn't work? Just jump in the water because you can't improve what you haven't started. So that would be my, my key takeaway. Just uh, figure out where you want to go and just start. Because, I mean, I've, I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. I still call it a work in progress. I'm always finding mm. ways to improve. Talking about getting started, um, you've created a, a video or kind of a podcasting 101 video that will um, embed in the magazine issue. Do, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, I've, I've had people that start podcasts and they get kind of burned out. And in many times when I look at what has happened, there are three things that 
you need kind of, when it comes to what do I podcast about? Okay, I want to have a podcast. What do I talk about? And one, as we've talked about, you have to be passionate about your subject. You have to have something that's going to bring value to your audience. And then the third one is, what is the goal of the podcast? How does this tie into your marketing if it's a business? Or how does it tie into if it's a hobby? How is it going to spread the word? And where those three things overlap, that's what you talk about because you're going to be passionate about it. You're going to bring value to your audience and it's going to advance your goals. And so many times I see where people got two out of three. They have the audience and the passion, but it's not moving in a direction where they want to go. And that's where they run out of steam because they know where they want to go, but the the podcast isn't aligned with their goals and they eventually burn out. So those three things is what keeps you going over and over and over. Lovely. Okay. Well, we'll embed that video just below this section in the magazine. But um, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Oh, just visit me over at schoolofpodcasting.com. You can see my contact information and check out my latest episode and everything else is all over there. Great stuff. Well, thanks again. Dave, thank you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast. Delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio.